Hello everyone, welcome to Lasers, Babies, and Beer round five. Really? Have we made it to round five? I believe so, yes. We, we don't seem to learn from our mistakes. Never, never. <laughs> Man, it seems like we haven't podcasted in like a long time. Making her joyful return. Yes. The baby. Little Miss Ruby is back with us on the podcast making lovely baby noises. And I need to remember to look at the mic when I talk. Not at her. She is not liking that. She's looking at the computer and wanting wanting to play with the computer while we record. Hmm. Or she's trying to s- steal the beer, one of the two. Well, as we know, hashtag beer is not for babies. Beer is not for babies. Here, play with this. Play with this. Yeah, it was more interesting. Speaking of Ruby, baby update is... She's like nine and a half months old and she's crawling everywhere. She is eating finger foods. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, she's eating fascinating. uh, Some Cheerios and some rice cracker things. She eats fruits and vegetables and rice. Seems very happy. Mm -hmm. She's a very happy baby. We got very lucky. Pro tip, when holding the baby above your head, keep your mouth closed as babies drool and spit up. And sometimes... The baby spat in your mouth. Yeah, it was really gross. (laughs) Keep your mouth closed. Any laser updates? Actually, yes. Okay. You know how I've been talking for months about uh, making taster trays? Yes. I did it. I saw a picture. I saw a picture. You're doing like a, a paddle style... Yeah, so what actually happened was uh, the mistress of my world, Ashley, from Ashley's Pub, who supplies me with all of my social activities and drinks, uh, she had some taster trays, but she couldn't use them because the diameter of her taster glasses was bigger than the cutouts on the tray. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, I feel like I can solve that. And it actually ended up with me buying a new tool. Like I bought a drill press Mm -hmm. um, and a new style of bit which is called a Forster bit, to widen the holes out. But then once that was done, I put them in the laser, and then I put her logo on the top of all of them, and I put a nice new varnish coat on the top to seal the wood, and they're gorgeous. I'm very pleased with that. It's the second business right there. You just got to offer your services. <laughs> That's all. Well, I was thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to branch out. Mm-hmm. Like, I have just tons of scrap wood, so now I can just start doing those Bit, using that bit to put the little down in for the tray and I can use the laser to cut the shape and then engrave anything I want. Mm-hmm. So the ball is rolling on that one. I can do that now. Well, and then depending on how crazy you want to get with the taster trays, you could, depending if you have a router or a table saw, you can make different shaped Well, the thing is, is if I, use, if I use a thin enough wood or a soft enough wood, uh, then I can cut it with the laser. How how thick does the laser actually cut? So it depends on the wood. Uh, soft woods cut much easier than hard woods. So the general rule of thumb is that you can definitely do eighth of an inch. You can definitely do quarter of an inch. Okay. And then beyond that, it depends on the density of the wood, and you might have to make more passes and things like that. But generally, quarter of an inch is easy to do. Hmm. So. So if you did I a quarter could... of an inch taster, you'd essentially... It'd be one with a bigger hole so that you set the glasses inside of it and then you'd lift up the paddle or whatever shape you decided. Mm-hmm. And then it would lift the, the tasters up with you because you couldn't do one that's like an inch deep and then cut holes into it because it wouldn't go that deep, right? Right. So, and, and I've played with that. I have a prototype at home where I actually cut the holes all the way down through and then made a solid base shape and like... I intended on putting it together with U-bolts so that when you lift it up by the U-bolts, then the thing will lift and it'll pull all the beers with it. But that one's still under development. Well, that's cool. That's going to be a fun uh, 
extracurricular activity. Yes. Now for the main part of the podcast, the beer. So if you follow us on Instagram, you would have seen the massive amount of bottles that we had sitting on the table in front of us for this recording. Usually, you know, we go somewhere and we drink a set amount of beers or like I think we shop individually and then bring the beers. But together, shoved into the total wine and more, we made some decisions. (laughs) Made some bad decisions. There's a lot of beer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine purchased beers and one mystery beer that I don't know where it's from or what it is. It's an unlabeled beer. I have a feeling Dina made it, but she's not telling me. I'm not telling about you anything it. about it, and I'm just gonna have so, him drink it, and we're gonna see how it goes. So the first one we cracked open is from New Holland. It's the Ichabod. Oh, by the way, this is a pumpkin beer versus Oktoberfest style podcast where we bought a bunch of pumpkin and a bunch of Oktoberfest and we're just gonna talk about what we think of each one and and uh, which one's our favorite and all that good stuff. I feel like we would try to declare a winner except that at the end I would probably declare pumpkins as a winner and John would probably declare Oktoberfest as a winner and then we'd be at a stalemate. Well we do have a, a, a different thing going on here. We have a, an Imperial Peach Harvest Ale that I'm curious about. But to start we opened up the New Holland Ichabod Pumpkin Ale and for me it's actually pretty light, easy drinking. Uh, it's pretty spicy pumpkin. It pours really beautiful, like a orangey gold color. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I didn't. I just picked up pumpkin spices. I didn't pick up anything more detailed than that. Yeah, it's kind of your good run of the mill pumpkin standard. Yeah. Nothing crazy about it. Actually, I, I, I wouldn't even call it pumpkin. Actually, I don't really even get a get any pumpkin. I get more of the spice. That makes it a pumpkin ale. That's true. But what's the bottle say? The bottle says... So we're actually starting a new thing. Instead of us just saying, this is what we think and we don't know anything about beer, we're actually going to read what the label says to see if what we pick up on the beer actually is what the makers think you should be tasting. Right. Well, and I do want to say that a lot of pumpkin things... Is Ruby eating her chair? Yeah, she's trying to chew her chair... Her uh, high chair at the moment. Oh. That's okay. Do you think it tastes like pumpkin? Probably not. <laughs> Anyways, what's the ball to say? Okay, New Holland Brewing, which is out of Michigan. Holland, Michigan. Uh, 4.5% ABV. <laughs> malted barley, pumpkin, cinnamon, and nutmeg. Cinnamon and nutmeg. Uh, they have listed pairings. Try it with uh, roasted poultry. <laughs> Root veggies, peanut sauce, and caraway. Hmm. So it's essentially just spices. It's got pumpkin in it. It says pumpkin. <laughs> I think the thing is that we're really conditioned to think of pumpkin as pumpkin pie. You know well, what I'm, I mean? And I want a pumpkin pie beer for sure. <laughs> well, then we should have looked for, um, what are they called? The ones that make the, well, there's a lemon the creme brulee. Shandy. They make a king of pumpkin or like a, what are they called? Southern Tier. Oh, okay. Southern Tier makes a pumpkin beer, and I bet you that one is like pumpkin pie. We have the Elysian Brewing Night Owl pumpkin ale. Is my favorite, generally. I feel like it smells like pumpkin pie when you smell it. Well, it does have a nice pumpkin y aroma to it. And it does say they brewed it with like seven pounds of pumpkin, but what's another one of these beers where I don't actually really taste the pumpkin? I mainly taste the spices again. But oh, for I me, still like it. I th- Do you know who just brewed their pumpkin beer? <laughs> who? Uh, Slaughter County. Hmm. Yes, I think right. about a week ago, so that should be... Ready to go soon? A couple weeks, yeah. Nice. They used a ton of pumpkin in there. Yeah. Tons. And they slow roast it, like he said, in the oven first, so... It gives it a different flavor, which is really nice. So what's the... Uh, So, yeah, I just pick up regular spices again. What do you pick up? Because for me, 
all the big name pumpkin ales kind of run together. Run I think like that it's that. I think that there's definitely more at least more on the nose to this one than there was to the Ichabod because yeah. it smells like like pumpkin pie to me when I smell it. Yeah. It gets a little bit more flavorful. There's one pumpkin that we didn't buy, which is the Rogue Pumpkin Patch pumpkin beer. The one in the big orange bottle. Giant bottle. Um, we managed to talk ourselves out of that one. Yeah. That, that uh, to me, actually tastes like pumpkin. Hmm. But I didn't want to spend like $9. Right, on, a, on that giant bottle. Yeah. So what's the uh, label say here? We have brewed with seven pounds a pumpkin, roasted and raw pumpkin seeds, and spiced in conditioning with nutmeg, clove, cinnamon, ginger, and allspice. So very similar, very similar to the Ichabod. I think it's more spices because this one says cinnamon and nutmeg on the Ichabod. Do you want more pear, Ruby? Is, do we need to pay attention to you? Okay. <laughs> Please don't choke on that. Don't frown. Turn turn that frown upside down. She's, she's just struggling to reach that last piece of pear across her little baby tray. Finish chewing and then I'll give it to you. Finish. Well, I guess it's more gumming the right. food. Because she's, so she's only got two teeth. All right, there you go. Last one. All right, so up next we have the Anderson Valley Fall Hornin Pumpkin Ale. And... But the label's actually really cool. It's a big old brown bear with deer antlers. We're looking at a yeah. 6% on this one. Yeah. Brewed with pumpkin and spices. So when it, with when you drink any beer with spices involved, as far as I can, you know, my experience has taught me, pour the whole beer, but leave like a little bit less than an inch in the bottom of the bottle, swirl it around, and then top off the beer with that swirl because you pick up all the extra spices and such that have been sitting at the bottom of the bottle and then it also gives your beer a nice head as well so let's jump in to this fall hornin i'm guessing that's a play on morning but okay it's horns but there's horns on the bear yeah right yeah exactly so not a particularly strong smell on the nose all right what uh flavors are you picking up it poured really dark look at that Mm-hmm. Almost like a brown. Dark ale. Would you like some beer, Ruby? Would you like to participate? <laughs> no. No, you don't get to participate. I'm picking up not as much spice, actually. It's maltier. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why it's darker. Possibly. Um, this actually smells smoother to me well it not doesn't smell smoother it tastes smoother than the other two yeah and it kind of lingers it mm. lingers kind of warm long after the other two were that's a done. that's like a beer you have sitting in front of a fireplace on a the, fall hornin on a <laughs> on a fall morning <laughs> yes no, with a scarf bad. yes mm-hmm. good play on words good job what do we got next all right, so this one is a Jacko Lahar Pumpkin Ale by Puyallup River. I like the label. I've been staring at it in the store ever since the pumpkin beers came out. Um, we're looking at 6.5 ABV. It says it's a pumpkin ale, American-style harvest with pumpkin and spices. So what was so interesting about the label that made it stand out to you it's just got a very halloween type label with a giant like orange iris moon yeah and then a tree dead tree no leaves with a big old blackbird in it cool i'm guessing that lahar is a reference to like a volcanic lahar i have no idea do you know what a lahar is no Okay, so a lahar is uh, when a volcano erupts and it's got a lot of ice on top of it or snow that melts and mixes with the mud and then that becomes basically like a mudslide except that it's under a lot of force. And so a lahar is what did a majority of the damage at Mount St. Helens. Okay. It was mud and snow and ice mixed into a giant mud tsunami that just tears through everything. A mud tsunami, I like that. That's basically what it is. So that's what a lahar is. 
And uh, so for me, this one actually tastes a lot more like pumpkin than anything we've had so far. And it's actually pretty smooth too, which is really nice. It's not as spicy. Because with the spicy ones, I feel like I can't drink a bunch of them. Like it's almost a one and done for a spicy beer. But when it's smooth, seems like you can drink it a lot more. I would call this balanced. I do get a lot more pumpkin out of it. I think Ruby would like out of her high chair. Pause. This one is one I'd actually purchase. Like it's smooth. It has a good flavor. It actually tastes like a pumpkin beer. It's very good. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm actually, there's only a few pumpkin beers that I've actually found that I actually purchase like all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I, this one might become one of the uh, annual annual purchases. What's the other one? Uh, Puncacino? Yes, the Elysian Puncacino because it's coffee and pumpkin. And so it's more so like a it's coffee like a beer. Pumpkin spice latte? I bet that's what they were going it's for. It's an alcoholic pumpkin spice latte. You can't beat that. No, you cannot. Definitely not. On to our last pumpkin beer. All right, this one is the Imperial Pumpkin Porter from Epic, Epic Brewing. Does it say where, where they're from? I'm looking. I'm looking. It's part of their Exponential series. They are in uh, Utah and Colorado. Okay. And it says we are holding something special. Oh. Oh. Uh, only one of a few thousand bottles released. And then it's got actually well, a little release number on it, and I can't quite read it. It looks like it says 33 to me. But we have a numbered bottle. How Ooh, fancy. Kind of like your vertical epic from Stone. Right. Well, I think that they make tons of that, though. Except this says epic. Right. Did they copy Stone? Mm, no. Well, that's the epic, vertical epic series. This They're actually called epic. Their whole brewery breweries. is called epic. All but right. This better be epic. If it, you name your better. brewery epic. Yeah. We got All right. It. This one's strong. This one's a 7.9. Okay. Well, in that case, I want... A shorter pour? No. No. No, I don't. We're at my house. I don't have to go anywhere. That's true. <laughs> You're the one who has to drive right here. Well, this one pours super dark. Well, it is a porter. I know. It's so before we started recording for this beer, Dina said, "If the next one's dark, or if the next one's a porter, it made pour dark." And I was like, "Well, it says porter right on the label." Look. <laughs> I was just trying to make sure we were pouring in order from, you know, lightest to darkest, bitterness units, that sort of thing. We didn't even try to plan that No, but when we're down to the last two and I'm like, which one's darker, that's an easy decision to make. Very true. Wow. That's actually pretty damn good. This is delightful. Like, it's a vanilla pumpkin beer. I'm going to go ahead and say... Yes, they is, lived up to their name. Yeah, for sure. This is like the winner of all the pumpkin beers. It has to be. It smells like a just the faintest like sweet smell. The, yeah, there's you're... like the vanilla. The vanilla hit on the nose is great. And once you drink it, it's like explosion Warm of and flavors. Yeah. And... There's a lot of pumpkin in this. Oof. Like a lot of pumpkin. That's good. Mixed with the vanilla, or what I assume is vanilla. I was going to look that up on their website because they don't have any tasting notes like on the bottle. Well, we're going to pause and look those up because this is worth giving the tasting notes. And I noticed that Ruby has crawled like 30 feet to pick up random Cheerios on the floor. She's got priorities, man. She does. So, while we're looking up... We could do uh, some calendar, by the way. Well. Some, no? We we will. Okay. I'm more curious about Ruby eating stuff off the floor. Which is fresh off the floor, by the way. She threw it on the floor (laughs) earlier today when we were recording the podcast. So it's not like day-old Cheerios. Hashtag baby eats floor food. Look. You gotta be more thoughtful in your hashtag creation. What's wrong with babies? Floor food. That's what hilarious. do you guys call them? Do you just call them O's? Yeah, they're that's that's actually the brand. It's just called like O's. There's no. It's not like Cheerios. It's a knockoff, like sugar-free, organic. 
All right. Yeah. I haven't found the pumpkin one on their website yet, but they have a list of beers and you go through it and you pick the beer you want. Yeah. I just want to say there's a beer in here called Glutenator. I don't know what that is, but I feel like that's for me. Well, I'm going to have to start looking for Epic Brewing's beers more often because even though it's this is an exponential series specific pumpkin beer, like specialty beer, if they can make this, I'm very curious about their standards. Like your standard beers. Okay. So definitely has uh, vanilla beans. Yes. Called it. You did. You nailed that one. Fresh cut pumpkin. It says it has chocolate. Did you get chocolate? Well, I mean, I guess the chocolate works with the vanilla and the pumpkin to smooth out the uh, porter style. You know what? I think that that's, that's the... The sweet that I'm identifying, I think, is a chocolate note. So the sweet flavor comes from the chocolate, but the smell comes from the, from the vanilla, I think, maybe? Yeah. Okay. What else? All right. Fresh cut pumpkin, chocolate, complemented by clove, uh, fresh Madagascar vanilla beans, nutmeg, and allspice. Okay. They recommend that you pair with uh, savory and fatty meats and dark I, chocolate desserts. I would so drink this with, like, a steak. This is like a... Kind of a heavy, I would almost call it a dessert beer. That's the thing is, I could drink the whole 22. A dessert beer to me is more like. Yeah, but if I drank that whole 22, if I drank the whole 22 at 8%, well, with those you don't, kind of flavors, like, well, you that's how you at, finish a night. You drink it at home. Okay, okay, let's pick you up. Let's pick you up. There you go. She came all the way she over here. She wants to be over. on the podcast. She wants to be, exactly. Your sock is all crooked, little girl. Your sock's all crooked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this was a great beer. Epic Brewing Imperial Pumpkin Porter. We strongly recommend you go pick it up. Moving on to Oktoberfest beers. Yes? Should we, yes. Should we break it up a little with uh, maybe some calendar news? Sure. Do an intermission. And news time. All right. So we're hoping to have this out probably tomorrow. So that leaves me enough time to say that Hale's Barrel House, which is the one in Bremerton, is having an Oktoberfest bash on the 7th. Okay. So that's the closest piece of... uh, of news that we have otherwise we'll start going down the list uh the dragonfly cinema in port orchard is going to be playing friday the 13th on friday the 13th the new one or the old one the old one nice the, the well what are, should be the better one right just because it's the og you know yes and they're also going to play effects. halloween but they're going to play halloween i think on the 27th okay does halloween land during the week because a lot I, of these events are on different days i don't know it probably does either way so, Rainy Days is going to have their fifth anniversary party on October the 14th. Halloween falls on Tuesday. Wow, that explains why everything is happening, like, on the 28th. Yeah. So, Rainy Days is having their anniversary on the 14th. Uh, there's going to be a masquerade ball put on by Avaberry Mysticals also on the 14th if you want to... Where's that? I think they're having it at the Eagles Club, because the okay. Eagles Club has a big ballroom. Speaking of a masquerade ball... Uh, Combined Fun Drive down in Olympia is actually having a big giant masquerade ball um, and it's at the state capitol. And uh, Fall Hall is actually a sponsor and we're sending beer down there for that. So Nice. It's the only reason why I'm mentioning it. That's cool. Um, some family-friendly events. The Bremerton YMCA is hosting a 5K fun run. It's going to be the Halloween Hustle. Is it a beer run? It's not a beer run. Uh, this is a family-friendly event, as our listeners have asked for. Put beer in sealed containers, and it's a family-friendly I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do when you're taking your children out on town, but uh, that's on the 28th. There's also going to be a Halloween story time at the Liberty Bay Bookstore in Bremerton, where you can bring the kids down, and they're going to read spooky stories for nice. little babies. That's pretty cool. Uh, my home away from home, Ashley's Pub. Ashley is having her birthday celebration on the weekend of October the 20th. Friday is going to be a prom theme, so I guess you can have the nerd prom that you never had. Uh, Saturday is going to be a cosplay day, and then Sunday is show up in your pajamas, which all I do Ash- half the time. All at anyway. Ashley's Pub. 
All that's all nice. Ashley's pups. You should just work there. I well, I don't <laughs> think they're hiring. Um, like just be like a, a behind the scenes, you know. I do what I can. Yeah, exactly. You I just, just don't out. get paid for it. Yeah, that's you just fine. Help out. Uh, hey. I also heard that Ashley and uh, Liberty Bay Books, because they're upstairs from Ashley's, oh, the nice. same building in Bremerton. I heard that they might be doing a thing on Halloween, where they put on, I think it was. Edgar Allan Poe audiobook and then turn all the lights off and sit there in the dark and listen to the creepy audiobook. As long as there's alcohol involved, that's definitely probably, alcohol. That's probably be pretty fun. They also have um, pumpkin cider on tap. Nice. From not bushel and barrel from two oh, towns. I don't think we. Where in the world is bushel and barrel? Yeah. I have a list. Oh, you do. You found. I'm something. ready nice. for you. Good. Okay. Do you want to sing the song? Where in the world is bushel and barrel <laughs> and that's only because there's five pumpkin beers deep and then we have five more Oktoberfests to go it's good we can sample that <laughs> and then use it for the future uh yeah we have plenty of samples of you as well <laughs> uh so the most recent places that bushel and barrel has gone on tap is western red now that they are open <laughs> they have bushel and barrel last i checked it was the blackberry and then bent Bine has put on passion fruit and scrumpy bear Okay, which don't actually describe what the flavor is. Scrumpy bear? Scrumpy, I don't know. It's just tasty? No idea what that yeah, means. I don't know. If someone would like to weigh in and let us know, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Also, short note. Uh, is that it for Bushel and Barrel? That is, but oh. Western Red and Slippery Pig are both doing micro brews for Martha and Mary all throughout October. So if you go and have a drink at Western Red or the Slippery Pig, and it is a microbrew, they are going to donate money to Martha and Mary for charity. Uh, if that's part of the Martha and Mary beer passport thing? It is. That's all the breweries. Well, so it said all participating Kitsap breweries, but the only two that I could find that had said anything about it were those two. Oh. So is, yeah. is Valhall doing it? All of them. All, all of them. Sound, so like Sound, Valhall, Slippery Pig, Western Red, and... Is this like when they did the passports for the fish line a couple years back? Yep, you buy a book, you get the passports, and it's actually like a Kitsap County-wide passport. So it's not just Paulsbo, it's all of them. All of them. Yeah, it's it's really a really cool program. Um, And so where do you get this passport at? I believe you can get them directly from Martha and Mary's, but I would inquire inquiry here's the thing i'm never gonna go to martha and mary but what i'm saying is inquire inquire inquiry inquire inquire within at your local brewery who is participating and they will have more details hopefully they will have passports that they can give you then and there that's what i would hope i would hope so as well um to add on to bushel and barrel i do know that they are also on at the hall there you go it's not necessarily a new a new cider, but it's they pretty much have a permanent handle there. So right, and they do at this point around most of the breweries, they kind of have a, yeah. a permanent tap. Yeah. So, uh, what's next after the passport? I kept the new short and sweet. You Beautiful. don't like it when I run long. Well, I poured a, a second helping of that pumpkin porter. <laughs> but we need you to can move, tell that John likes that. But we need to move on to the Oktoberfests. Okay. So. Which one do you want to do first? Go ahead and crack open the Ninkasi because that's kind of a broad. We wanted to get something a little more commercial, yeah. In case we have listeners out there who are trying to acquire some of these beers. We could start with Sam Adams instead. That's super Mm. broad. Let's start Sam Adams. Yeah. Okay. Because the Sam Adams is super. They're not even considered a craft brewery anymore because they sell too much damn beer. I thought they were technically the largest. No, they they. Ooh. Poor poor. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> um, it's a carbonated one right yeah. here. Uh, well, they started off craft for sure, but they make so much beer that I don't think they're legally allowed to call themselves a craft brewery anymore. Like craft literally designates number of barrels produced per year. Yeah, but it's not like they got bought out by one of the big beer conglomerates or something like no, that. No, that is different. They're still independent, which is wonderful. Um, but when you make... A ridiculous amount of beer, which is like over 2 million barrels of beer every year, which is just an insane amount. That doesn't, that's not craft brewery anymore. That's like giant brewery. So as an example, Red Hook out of Washington, they produce 
over just over 150,000 barrels of beer annually. And they're the biggest brewery in Washington. Next on that list is Georgetown, which makes just over 50,000 barrels. So Sam Adams at 2 million is insane. That's it's like Budweiser territory. It's a wide margin. Yeah. Um, but also for people who don't work in the brewing industry, can you put that into a frame of reference for them? Like how much beer is in a barrel? So normally kegs are sold in like half barrels as well as 50 liters. But I'm going to talk about the half barrel. So the half barrel is about 124 pints roughly that's a lot of pints that's a ton of pints so and that's the keg that everyone imagines gets tapped at a party and someone's doing a handstand on top just doing a keg stand right okay 120 some odd pints in a half barrel and and sam adams is making two two million million plus barrels yes jesus yeah they're not small well, I know they're not small, but... Well, but they're not technically craft anymore, according to the government. Because they make so much. It's just exactly. a quantity thing. Exactly. So that's something to pay attention to. So Sam Adams is everywhere because, well, they make good beer and... I do think that Sam know. is a good... Uh, it's a gateway beer. It's a gateway beer to craft beer. It is, for sure. Especially with their like holiday-style beers because, yes, they still go out everywhere, but they have the ability to make fancy... Fancy beers. Chocolate Bock. There you go. See? That was the first time I ever had a chocolate beer was we wandered into the grocery store and picked up one of those winter seasonal variety packs. And it had like an Oktoberfest in it and like a chocolate Bock. Yep. So that's what we're drinking right now, right? We're going to be drinking Sam Adams as soon as you finish your pumpkin porter. Oh, yeah. That's right. Anyways, did you already pour your Sam? I did. All right. What do you... What... (laughs) What nose? Can you, you tell that John has had a little bit to drink Shh. here? It's okay. So it pours pretty bright. It's definitely a little orangey, clear. very clear. Is it actually like very light in body, very carbonated? You can drink like seven of them and be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got like, flavor in it, but it's not like overwhelming. Yeah, it's a 5.3%. Now, this is Oktoberfest, so it's not pumpkin. Um, so it's going to be a much different style. Definitely. It is. And so maybe the switch from that super flavorful epic into the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, I'm kind of like, oh, it's paling in comparison, but don't judge the Sam on that. Well, I went to on a Rails and Ales um, event last weekend, and it's essentially you drink beer on a train. And then you, it was an Oktoberfest event, and so the train takes you to like a train museum out over by Mount Rainier in Washington, and uh, then there was like five different kegs that you could tap into. There's a bunch of Oktoberfest, there was some Marzans, there was um, Hop Nation provided a couple beers, they had an IPA and a single IPA, or double IPA and a regular IPA, and... uh, so the Oktoberfests were all very um, easy drinking, very mild style beer. Maybe we should define for some people in case they don't know, Oktoberfest is a very traditional German style beer. Yes, but we'll have to look up more detail on that because I don't know off the top of my head. You could have just paused it. All right, this is what we found out about Oktoberfest. Because we decided to actually pause. We did Google it for you. Yeah, we did. Uh, So obviously it's like a big festival in Germany. And the big deal about Oktoberfest beers is that uh, they can only be brewed by certain breweries. We do have one here with us that Mm -hmm. is a traditional German one that is on the approved list. Oh, nice. For brewing Oktoberfest beers in Germany. And that is we have the Polliner Oktoberfest Marzen. We should probably open that one up next then. Yes. We should. Uh, Hit me with the bottle opener, <laughs> which is around your neck. <laughs> it's a tie. Where it, else it would it go? It is a tie. Uh, we should put that on Instagram. And the, uh, the important thing about these beers is that they must adhere to the German purity laws, which means nothing but water, barley, and hops. What else would you put in a beer? Well, obviously, you've got like a peach harvest ale right here we're going to try in a bit. That's a good point. That would not fall under the uh Well, it doesn't say Oktoberfest. No, but the point of Oktoberfest beers is that they're German and they must fall under the purity laws. And there are only six breweries in Germany that are allowed technically to produce 
true and traditional Oktoberfest beers. So that's kind of like champagne, where all champagne has to be made in like Champagne, France. Right. And if it's yeah. not made in Champagne, France, it's a sparkling wine. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So the Germans have a chokehold over the term October. No. Fest. Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest beers. They obviously don't own the month of October. Is it actually called October in Germany? It is, but it's spelled with a K, which is why you'll see on some of these bottles. How does that happen? How is October the name of the same month around the whole world? I mean, they doesn't probably make any sense. called it, I don't know, etymologically speaking. Do you want me to look up the origin of the word October? No, I'm just saying, like, it doesn't make any sense that in every country around the world, the month of October is called October. Well, and it wouldn't be in every country. I'm not trying to put you in the picture. I'm I'm just trying to... I'm going to move out of the way. I lined up all the beers so that I can make a beautiful cover photo for you guys, and John just doesn't want to be in the picture. We already took a picture of all the beers. Yeah, but this one's superior. Go. All right. Now that we're done arguing, we've poured the Oktoberfest from Polliner. You says it's. You say it smells nice. It does smell nice. It smells like beer is supposed to smell. It tastes like beer is supposed to taste. It's very malty, mm-hmm. roasty, mm-hmm. light Ro- in body. Well, yeah, there's not. I mean, it's a solid Oktoberfest. Actually, I don't normally buy polliner. I would say it's a lot better than the, obviously the Sam Adams one. Oh, it's way better than the Sam Adams. What's the bot? What's the uh, bottle actually say for, like the flavors we're supposed to we're supposed to actually pick up? All right, it's got a fancy seal on it to let us know that they're allowed to make Oktoberfest in strict accordance with the uh, Bavarian purity laws, using only water, malted barley, hops, and yeast, and it has no tasting notes. Known. No tasting notes, but it okay. does say that it has been perfected because they have been brewing it since 1634. So it's like the Budweiser of Germany, except it's not that Budweiser. That tastes a lot better than Budweiser. It's an Oktoberfest of Germany. Well, I guess one of six. One of six. Yeah. Hmm. On to the next. Well, anything like the one from Germany. All right. So next up, we are drinking Ninkasi Oktoberfest, and they are not one of the approved breweries i imagine it from germany on the nose nothing like the polliner did well and it's about four shades lighter lighter than the polliner and do they have any notes on the bottle let's see crafted with organ grown hops this oktoberfest marries northwest ingredients with a traditional german style <laughs> dina just took a sip and almost puked not puked just a little bit i just made the hop you in the face face and celebrating the harvest, this light-bodied beer has a total toasty malt bouquet and just a touch, a touch of hot bitterness. Bitterness. It's in my mouth right now. So what's the hop you in the face scale for the Ninkasi? It's pretty low. It's like one. But you made the It's because I face. wasn't expecting all those hops. I was expecting something closer to what we had with the polliner and it's not like that at all. It doesn't taste like an Oktoberfest at all. Mm-mm. It's like a... Tastes like a pale ale. Yeah. It's a pale ale. Ninkasi, you failed us. They lied to us. It's a it's it's a pale ale with an Oktoberfest label. If you want Oktoberfest, don't buy it from Ninkasi. Don't buy Ninkasi. <laughs> That's a horrible I advertising. mean it's a pale ale. If you want a pale ale, buy Oktoberfest. <laughs> For a pale ale, it's not bad actually, I must say. Alright, well that settles that really right, quickly. We're stop drinking that right now. On that horrible note of Ninkasi, on to the mystery <laughs> beer. And uh, it's unlabeled. Now, did you actually pick this up from Total Wine or I'm did not, you no, sneak no, no. it I, into... No, no, no. I brought this in my car. I snuck okay. it into the six pack. So I have a feeling she made this beer. While you weren't she's looking. Not, she's not going to tell me until we taste it. However, I'm not going to tell you. I have a feeling this is her homemade. I'm hoping it's strawberry blondidine. It's is. not strawberry blondidine. There's not going to be strawberry blondidine this year. My strawberries oh. are already out of the garden. Oh, that's I'm too sorry. Bad. Well, you can always buy strawberries. I could, but nobody wants a strawberry wheat beer in the dead of winter. 
Unless you just enjoy strawberry wheat beers and then you should just make it. Yeah, but it's like trying to drink summer honey. You want to drink that on the hot. Turn the heat up. <laughs> just have your house at 90 degrees all the time and feel fine. All right. I'd like to get your opinions on this before I tell you what it is. All right. It's got a good nose on it. I'm. Oh, is this the Slaughter County pumpkin? Mm-mm. Okay. No, that's still in the fermenter. Hmm. It's smooth. It's definitely homebrew. Other than that, it tastes like beer. I'm not getting... Would you say it's an enjoyable beer? Yes, I would say you could definitely finish the whole 22 and not regret buying it. Now, a $17.22 versus a $5.22, right. you know what I mean? But, yeah, I... I drink the whole bottle. Good. Yeah. So my lovely friend Tim at Der Blocken bottled that for me last night while I was in there. It is their harvest time slash Oktoberfest beer. Okay. That's better than the Ninkasi. It's way better than the Ninkasi. <laughs> so this is from Der Blocken out in Bremerton. It is. And uh, do they actually do 22s or did they do it special for you because you're so a regular? He, he did it special for me. They used to sell bottles out of the case, but their fridge is broken. So they have the capacity to bottle. If you sweet talk Tim, he will probably go back there and bottle one for you. Hmm. But otherwise, it is on tap now. So is Fall this a seasonal. harvest ale or is it a pumpkin? So it's not a pumpkin, but the debate right now on the name is between Tim, who is the general manager and pays the checks, and Tom, Tomas. The brewer and what he wants to call it. Okay. So depends on whether you're listening to the man who made it or the man who's paying everybody. Uh, the, so what are the two names? The brewer calls it a harvest, harvest ale, uh, and Tim calls it Oktoberfest. Mm, I'm going with the brewer on this one. It's definitely a harvest style beer. I think it's beer. definitely a harvest style beer. It's um, not Oktoberfest. After having tasted it basically right after the polliner. It's definitely not Oktoberfest. But it's good. I like it. It's, it is good. It's very smooth. It's very, very drinkable. drinkable. Jinx. Um, but I I would... So everyone listening, like, message Der Blocken, D-E-R-B-L-O... K-K-E-N. K-K-E-N, and say, it is a harvest ale. It is not <laughs> an Oktoberfest. You can blame Lasers, Babies, and Beer for that. I don't know if I want to take on that burden. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying to say your name. Dina says it's this. Like they don't know that I'm running around talking about their brewery on my podcast. They do. (laughs) All right. So last up we have. This this, was John's special pick. Yes. It's New Belgium Limited Release Imperial Peach Harvestdale. So this is actually named Harvestdale. It's got some peach in it. It's not trying to be an Oktoberfest. And uh, let's see what happens alrighty we have the imperial peach harvest ale we just heard an alarm go off outside of the house maybe more of a horn than an alarm it seemed to have stopped anyways they don't need to know that so, alright so New, New Belgium Barney, yes New Belgium and they make fat tire right yes they do what do they produce in a year? So New Belgium makes 914,000 barrels. But still less than 2 million. Still technically craft, but really. Like, and they haven't sold to anyone. They haven't sold to anyone. Okay. I have more respect for them now than I did <laughs> when the day started. <laughs> and then while we're on the subject, just to give you an idea, Deschutes Brewing also... Um, they produce 337,000 barrels a year. And then Stone Brewery. That's my jam. Which Dina loves, produces 325,000. So it seems that Deschutes is bigger than Stone. Yeah, but. As of like a couple years ago. Who knows now? Here's the but thing still. Stone beer inspires strong feelings in people, it's, it's a love hate. So there are people who hate Stone, and there are people who love Stone. Deschutes. I have always just felt middle of the road. But if you have to look at a tap list and it's garbage and then you see the shoots, you're like, 
probably put the Deschutes. I would because prob- it's the best out I'm of the garbage. I'm just gonna be honest. I would probably put Deschutes into a garbage bin and then say, "What do you have in a bottle?" No, and it's not that it's bad beer. <laughs> I've been to Deschutes because I went down to Oregon, what a month or two ago. You went to went to I went down to a tasting room. I was in Portland, so it was oh, like their restaurant. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, so we waited in an ungodly line to get into this restaurant to have some dinner and to have Deschutes beer, and I was mm-hmm. like. I've always seen Deschutes beer in bottles. I don't know that I ever bought it in the store and took it home, but here I am. We're going to have dinner. Let's see what it's like. So we got, you know, the flight. We got the taster tray, and it just, nothing impressed me. Nothing made an impression on me. It's good beer, but it's not, it's not like Stone. Well, so getting it at the restaurant is different than getting it at the brewery. Which is different than getting it at a store, and that's the way that most people are experiencing it. So I was able to go to the actual brewery down in Bend a number okay. of years ago, and that's actually what turned me on to IPAs. Before I went there, I did not like IPAs at all. The beer that turned me was their Chainbreaker IPA. It's like a wheat-style IPA, so it was very easy, smooth, um, before that, I was straight up like reds and browns, middle of the road. That's it. That's all the craft I would go for. I wouldn't go for anything else. I didn't like IPAs, too hoppy. I didn't care. But when we went to the brewery, they had like Black Butte, Porter. Right. Super dark, super coffee. And it was 98 degrees in bed. Oh, you don't want that. I was like, I don't want that at all. So, you know, when you go to the, the, the tour, they give you like four or five samples of the beer. Uh, before the tour and then they give you more after the tour if you ask um and so the chain breaker is what stood out to me that particular trip and Mm -hmm. that converted me i from then on i've enjoyed ipas from there i actually um started buying like wheat ipas so shock top actually put out a ipa a number of years ago and i bought that and i was like huh that's not bad. It's a wheat IPA. Shock Top's a wheat beer in yeah. general. But then I found Chainbreaker on the stores. I was like, nope, I'm drinking Chainbreaker. So I drank Chainbreaker for like a month straight. And then up. after that, you were indoctrinated into the IPA club. Then I was club. indoctrinated into you IPA have a little, club. Do you have a secret hat with a hop on it? No, I don't. But I, I do enjoy the IPAs now, for sure. And uh, so, yeah. Anyways, Deschutes is what converted me into a craft beer drinker. Okay. For the most part, um, Valhall actually is what truly converted me 100% just because before that, I, I was fine drinking a Bud Light or a Coors, and now I'm like, I'm not going to drink that unless it's free and someone hands it to me. See, that's the thing. I've never <laughs> been okay drinking that. I would choose not to drink before I would sit down and drink a Bud or a Coors. It's free, so I'm going to take it. I feel like I don't need it. It's empty calories. <laughs> You're just going to drink water? <laughs> Not worth my time. So, we're drinking the Imperial Peach. Oh, right, right, right. Tasting yes. notes. Yes, tasting Let's, notes. It so, pours very pale, a little it, cloudy. It is a little cloudy, which is a good sign, which means it's more crafty when it's cloudy. Just unfiltered. Of course, when you produce 900,000 barrels of beer, you're not technically, like, small brewery anymore. So, what do you Bubbly, think? carbonated. A little sweet. Very bubbly. It is very sweet. What's the uh, bottle say? Does there any specific tasting notes for it? Uh, it says juicy ripe flavors from Colorado grown peaches, vibrant golden wheat, uh, created to celebrate farmers and growers who work daily to bring us the very best. So nothing. Got it. Okay, so it's a wheat style beer, and they essentially put peaches in it to make it a little sweeter. Oh, and it does say 100% employee owned on the bottle. Well, that's good for New Belgium. It's very good for New Belgium. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I have more respect for them today than I did going in. Now, I know that New Belgium is not a pumpkin beer or an Oktoberfest. However, it is harvest season. It's harvest season, and it was only $5 for a 22. So, That's not bad. So, By yeah, the way, everything that we bought here today was reasonably priced. Nothing a crazy. lot of the little bottles, this like is a not a bomber. 12 ounces is like, 
They three. ranged like a buck and a half to like maybe four bucks tops. Yeah. And then the bombers that we had, which were Jackalahar Imperial Pumpkin Porter, I think was the most expensive mm-hmm. at around six bucks. Um, and then the New Belgium was in a bomber. All very reasonably priced. Particularly the Der Blocken beer, which came free. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've spent, the wife's in the room, so I shouldn't say exactly, but an absorbent amount on beer in the last well and we both looked at that jamaican be crazy pumpkin with the wax top it's expensive i've had it before and like it's tasty and it definitely tastes barrel aged but like do we need to spend 15 dollars on that bottle of beer when we have 10 beers to drink already (laughs) no we don't need to spend that kind of money and if we go two four six eight like we got five or six beers for ten dollars easily so just in the 12 ounces yeah for sure by the way go to total wine hashtag total wine is that their hashtag i don't know it should be it should be it should be we'll look it up and just buy singles it's a like a buck 25 for the sam adams oktoberfest like if that's your jam you can't go wrong all right so i'm gonna say that we should declare a winner oh hands down The Epic Imperial Pumpkin Porter was down. Dominated everything. Impressive. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and pour a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. Although, maybe on the next time we grab a a pumpkin made by Southern Tier because they usually make very impressive dessert beers. They also, well, not Southern Tier, but if we're going to continue the pumpkin beer fest into the fall for next month. Maybe we our also... next episode should be beers to drink at your awkward family Thanksgiving. Plenty of pumpkin and not, it won't be October at that point. So no Oktoberfest. No Oktoberfest. But Harvest um, would still be maybe appropriate. Harvest would still be appropriate. There's actually like three or four other pumpkins that we could grab that we didn't grab this time because we wanted to include the Oktoberfests. Um, it's true. We put out that poll, and I want to say thank you to everybody who answered us. I love it. Thank you for participating. Yes, thank you for participating. By the way, while we were talking about you know all the thanks and all that kind of stuff, we have since completely destroyed the Epic Brewing's Imperial Pumpkin Porter. We There's killed no the more whole bomber. Left. The whole bomber's gone. You could maybe judge our tastes on most of these beers by how much is left. Well, we we drained the first. Well, almost drained the first one because we were like, "What was the first wah, one? Wah, wah, wah. We're thirsty." The second one, which is the night owl. Eh, part, am I part way through? That's about halfway. The fall hornin from Anderson Valley. Halfway. And then Jack O'Lahar. The twenty twos. We've been very careful about. Except they're also stronger in volume, they so are. we have been very careful. Except on those. the uh, the Ninkasi is basically full. <laughs> yes, uh, the Polliner is about halfway done. Same with the Sam Adams. Um, but yeah, the main bomber that we our favorite beer out of this whole tasting was that Imperial was that Pumpkin Porter is something. I might have to actually buy that for. Uh, my family's annual beer tasting that we Your do. Your family has an annual beer tasting? My family does have an annual beer tasting. Um, my, my brother is super into beer. Or not my brother. My brother-in-law is super into beer. He brews his own stuff. He, uh, well, him and his, well, him and my father-in-law actually make all their own wine as well. So they don't buy any booze ever. And so uh, over Thanksgiving and Christmas, Thanksgiving will normally do like a harvest pumpkin style tasting like we did here tonight and then over christmas we'll do like christmas beers like abominable abominable snowman scrooge old scrooge from silver city and so on and so forth and cozy uh, sweater cozy sweater from irish iron horse iron horse that is by the way a bomb fucking porter it is bomb and, uh, We're going into my beer season. And it, and the dark beers are... Those cozy sweaters in a can, just do it. Just buy it. Just go for it. It's worth it. Hands down, buy it. If I could give it to you, I would, but I can't. So, hashtag <laughs> Iron Horse. Give everyone free cozy sweater. You know what would be really cool? What? It's probably illegal. Like, I don't think we can pull this off. Okay. But if we could do a giveaway for our listeners where we gave away beer. 
think we can just give away beer. Can we give away beer? If we wanted to. What if we had to mail it? You're not allowed to mail beer, right? You have to have a, like a, an alcoholic. An alcoholic. You have to have an alcoholic problem. You have to have like an alcohol <laughs> shipping license of some kind. But if not. I did one time have a friend mail me a beer and he knew he wasn't supposed to. So he packed it in a crate really well. And he said olive oil. When they asked him what it was at the post office. There you go. Good to go. (laughs) So we could give away some olive oil. So we'll put some tasty beer in an olive oil container. They make like big giant avocado oil containers from Costco. I mean, as long as you pack it really well and it doesn't rattle, you just say it's olive oil and apparently they don't care. I don't know. Maybe they can't see the label. Right. Well, it's in a box. Well, but I mean like if it's in a box... Or just do no label like you're... Unlabeled. They're blocking beer. Unla- unlabeled. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's it for the tasting. Do we have anything else? Only that I've had enough beer at this point to tell everybody inside of the microphone. They're not inside the microphone. But I love you. Do you need some pizza? Probably. That's the problem. That's the problem, though. Domino's can be here in 20 minutes. But the pizza wants to kill me. We could buy gluten-free pizza. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. Not even the no. gluten-free people. No, definitely. You, you know what? You order me a pizza that is full of gluten with a stuffed crust, I'm going to eat that. Well, I I'll think, regret it later, but I'll eat that. I think we might have to get a pizza. And uh, so, yeah. If you have thoughts on our next episode, we'll be in kind of a weird in-between season. We'll already have done pumpkins and October's. And it'll be not December, so not quite Stouts and Porters. So thoughts on the next episode are welcome. Yes, definitely. If you have any thoughts or ideas, maybe switch tactics completely and go maybe fresh hop. Maybe we should convince John to surreptitiously record his family gathering of beer tasting for all of the awkwardness that I'm sure lives inside of it. Well, this year, Thanksgiving, oh my God, the cat just jumped on the table. <laughs> Can you open the door and let him out? Yes. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, No, this year is actually going to be a Ferguson family reunion Thanksgiving. Don't tell people your last name. That's a secret. Now they can internet stalk you. I don't care. There's like 30 people who listen to this podcast. I know. And half of them are your family, so it's fine. Exactly, exactly. We're fine. Um, We're going to have a big family, well, hopefully a big family reunion for Thanksgiving. Um... And if I can figure out how to do a beer tasting with that side of the family, that would be very... You should do a blind tasting. You should do one of those ones where you print out the little sheet and then everybody gets to make the marks. No, no, no. See, what happens with that side of the family, which is my dad's side of the family, is we essentially just drink whatever is there. Like, there's no specific thing that... I've noticed that the family likes or doesn't like. So we just enjoy hanging out and having a good time and going from there. Alrighty. I think we are very close to the end of the podcast because we are currently eating mixed nuts and cheese in the same bowl. I mean, you did that. I did because we need protein to soak up some of this beer. It's Bread might be a good a idea, of, too. I can't eat that. That's your fault, not mine. That's not my fault. I love bread. Well, your body hates bread. I'm aware. Believe <laughs> me. So, um... I want to get stickers. Okay. Let's do it. Let's make stickers out of our awesome logo. With a little baby and a beer. Mm-hmm. I actually took a picture of Ruby holding a beer. Now, could that be confused with some form of child abuse? No, because she didn't drink it. She was just holding it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, a gla- an empty glass with fake CGI beer. Could be. Could be. I have friends who uh, have made props for costumes for conventions that look like, like a glass with a drink in it, but the drink in it is actually like resin cast. There you go. See? That's the picture I have. There you go. There you go. It's not real baby holding a beer. And in baby style, I managed to drop a whole bunch of cheese in my lap. Which, yeah. Ruby was eating the entire podcast, and uh, half of her food is on her chair. I had to, like, brush off her whole lap. And then she started kicking it. Yeah. 
I tried to step on it. Anyways, we need to stop this. Yeah, we're rambling. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening to us drink and ramble. If you have anything you'd like us to know, feel free to hit us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. We love all of you. That's what 10 beers do to you. And happy Halloween. (laughs) We're a month out from Halloween. We're in October. It's Halloween month. (sighs) 